sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Stanky fans who, you know, want to throw it in my face about how LeBron James, you know, is part of the Red Sox. Take it easy. It's not like he's going to be managing the Red Sox, all right? He, he's not out there deciding on things. I am venturing to guess, you know, Magic Johnson owns more of the Dodgers than LeBron does of the Red Sox. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Opposite. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Friday, March 19th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here on an Opposite Picks Friday. Well, an underwhelming start to the NCAA tournament. State blows it down to the wire we go. Break up the teacups. What's happened to the Jazz? What's happened to our boy Rush? Uh, good grief, Leonard. The Bears said what? And uh, piling on Deshaun. We'll get to all those stories. Again, flesh your phone calls, emails, and tweets <clears throat> right here on a Friday, March 17th. NCAA tournament does get underway last night with four games. And I'll tell you, you know, in a lot of ways it was terrific. In a lot of ways it was bad. I'm not sure which you prefer. Uh, they were all close. They all did go down to the wire. But uh, unless you stayed up until 2 o'clock in the morning watching UCLA and Michigan State, I got to tell you, you talk about setting college basketball back 40, 50 years. You know, holy crow. If this was my fifth, sixth grade girls basketball AAU team that I used to coach, uh, we'd be getting kicked out of the league. Good gravy. I mean, just miss after miss after miss after miss after turnover after miss after turnover. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. You get feast or famine. You know, you, you get the NBA, which is no defense whatsoever, and then you get college basketball, which is no offense whatsoever. You, you had out of eight teams playing last night, you had excuse me, you had five. I went to the dentist yesterday, and uh, my mouth is still sore. Uh, oh yeah, typical dentist, <clears throat> nice enough guy. First time I've been there, who cares about basketball? Uh, yeah, first time I've been there, and, and, you know, I got this cavity all the way in the back, and he's hanging over me. He's got all these things hanging out of my mouth. Then he's, trying, of course, trying to have a conversation with you. you know, I love these dentists. Do they just not get it? It's like, Doc, I can't talk to you. You know, you got pliers, you got tweezers, you got hammers, you got forks, you got suction things. I mean, you got the whole freaking world inside my mouth, and you're trying to have a freaking conversation with me. I, I, I can't respond, and if I nod... Then all of a sudden, all those gadgets that are so perfectly aligned, supposedly with my teeth—I mean, who knows what when you're under Novocaine, right? They're all—it's all, all going to go all over the place. So I can't even nod. I obviously can't speak, and then he's, he's late, waiting for me to respond. I'm like blinking with my eye, like I'm Helen Keller here. I mean, holy crow! I mean, so um, anyway, my mouth is still sore. It, it, you know, if I cough up a storm here, 
Uh, it's only because uh, my mouth is as sore as a sore can be. Then, of course, he's trying to get me hooked on drugs. Wow. Uh, Scott Wetzel sitting in just getting underway on this uh, Friday morning, one day after the uh, NCAA tournament uh, technically begins with the first four, although most of us really don't count these games. These are like... Uh, you know, these are like exhibition games. You know, there's not a bracket out there that I've ever seen that actually includes the. They automatically put the winner uh, into the bracket with slot there for the number 11 seed with Wichita State and uh, Drake and the Michigan State UCLA. And then the 16th seed with the two winners last night, Norfolk State and uh, Texas Southern. So no one generally, you know, because you, although this is the one year you could have, normally these games are played on Tuesday and the tournament doesn't begin until Wednesday. So. Uh, you know, there's just not enough time. You like to give people a couple of extra days to get their brackets in and everything else. But this year, with these games being played on Thursday and the tournament starting the very next day, and you had, you know, four solid days in between Selection Sunday and then Thursday, you could have actually included these games if you wanted to. But, you know, no offense to anybody, but who's breaking down Norfolk State and App State and Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern, right? I mean, you hate to lose an NCAA tournament because you didn't know who was going to win between Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. So, really, the tournament does begin today. So, But, uh, you know, good games last night as far as competitiveness is concerned. But, again, you had, as I delved into the dentist story, you had five teams score in the 50s. Five out of eight Drake beats Wichita State 53-52. Norfolk State beats App State almost by an identical store, 54-53. Uh, Texas Southern beat uh, Mount St. Mary's 60-52. And the only high-scoring game, oddly enough, which is the one that you know maybe most people would have said would have been the lowest-scoring game, was UCLA in overtime knocking off Michigan State 86-80. Wow. So you had uh, low-scoring, 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 and one over. Three unders, one over. And if you're a favorite player, I got to tell you, it's a rough start. Favorites, depending on where and when you did your shopping with Drake, went one and three straight up, 0 oh and four against the spread. E even Drake, as a two point favorite, able to win and not cover. You talk about the boys in Vegas and FanDuel just laying down the law. Day number one, who's boss on this thing? I mean, you talk about just everybody bets favorites, all the dogs covered, even one that was a two-point underdog that lost outright. Wow. Welcome to the NCAA tournament. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the SportsGrid Radio Network. You had to see the practice facility and how you didn't even have to go outside and bringing lunches to your room. And I just thought, uh, you know, some people are complaining about it. It makes me sick because uh, they did an unbelievable job. And I know my guys were happy as hell we got to play. And uh, so for that, I say thank you for our fans. I say, you know, I feel disappointed, feel like I let you down. And, um, you know, we're going to work on some things next year, probably this summer, that hopefully won't happen to us again over and over. And we'll see if we can do a better job of some of the things that did. And 
You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, just getting underway. That was uh, <clears throat> good old Tom Izzo of the losing Michigan State Spartans. And I'll tell you, if you went to bed last night and you didn't watch the, this game, uh, or you know maybe you watched it until halftime or maybe with five minutes left, you're probably surprised to hear that they lost in overtime 86-80. They were leading the whole way. This is, you know, if you're a state fan, first off, shame on you with all the scandals that school has had. Uh, they, they couldn't have lost enough for, for me. But, you know, they were leading the whole way. They're leading by double digits at the half, albeit by 11, 44, 33. Uh, but they controlled the play, you know, maybe a little bit higher score. This is not a classic Michigan State team that likes to play in the 50s or 60s. They can get up and down the court, uh, you know, maybe more so just because they can't play any defense. Uh, you know, that, that double-digit lead quickly evaporated early moments of the second half. You know, it was down to five or six, down to four. You know, literally just two minutes into the second half. So it, it's not like they were leading by double digits the whole way, but they were controlling things. You know, and the bottom line is, you know, back and forth they went in the second half, and they were still leading by five with a couple of minutes left. It was, uh, in fact, they were leading by six uh, to be exact, 73-67 with four minutes left. They were leading 75-72 with a minute 46 left. They were leading 77-73 with a minute 10 left. In fact, they were leading 77-72 uh, with 129 left after a couple of free throws by Aaron Henry. So they were up five with less than a minute and a half left, and they blow it. Uh, UCLA came down and hit a couple of free throws to make it 77-74. Uh, Aaron Henry, offensive foul, turned the ball over. Uh, UCLA gets a bucket to make it 77-76 with 29 seconds left. Michigan State fouls. I don't know how they get you know, another offensive foul. Oh, okay, it was a three-point play. My bad. So uh, Jacquez Jr. there made the free throw, and uh, that went from his three-point game to a tie game at 77. And with 29 seconds left, timeout Michigan State. Henry misses a jumper with five seconds left. Ball goes out of bounds, basically. And there they go. They go to overtime. So they blow a five-point lead with a minute 29 left. Wow, that's awful. That's awful. And again, in a game, you know, normally that's not that that big a deal. But in a game in which you were leading basically the entire game and you still had a five-point game with a minute and a half left, you know, there used to be a time with Michigan State, you gave them a five-point lead with a minute and change left. That was as good as gold. That was a victory. So that's a tough one. So most people, except for our guy Joe Lisi, you got to get credit where credit is due. I did like Michigan State last night. I thought that was going to be one of the better plays. They're a strange team. Uh, Izzo and, and company finish up 15 and 13. You look at some of their losses. More importantly, you look at some of their wins, and you just say, you know, how is this team capable of beating Duke, uh, beating Rutgers, which is in the NCAA tournament, uh, beating Illinois, beating Ohio State, beating Michigan down the stretch. And then, you know, th that loss to Maryland in the second round of the Big Ten championship, uh, you know, that, that should have opened our eyes uh, to, you know, I mean, it didn't, it didn't. We, we knew this is an inconsistent team. One day they win, and it looked like they're the greatest thing in the world, beating Illinois and Ohio State back-to-back. -back. The next day, uh, they lose to Maryland. Uh, you know, it just uh, or, or they lose to uh, Minnesota this year. They lost to Northwestern this year. Northwestern they lost to. Uh, you know, who knew? I just figured they would come out with their A game. 
So I just figured they would feel fortunate that they got in at 15 and 12. We all know the Big Ten is supposedly the best or second best conference in the land. You're getting them at basically pick them against UCLA, which had lost four in a row down the stretch. Pac-12 is not that good this year. And uh, listen, they had all the opportunities in the world to win. And it just wasn't there. You know, chances are they weren't going to go very far anyway. But you never know. Like I said, when you have the potential, when you beat that many good teams, you do have the potential to put a couple of wins together. And you, you found out last night why this team was part of the play-in. I know a lot of people were surprised about that, but you know, you're 15 and 12, and you can't beat UCLA despite having a double-digit second-half lead. You, you don't you don't deserve to advance on. You really don't. Obviously, Drake beat Wichita State. Uh, you know, it's not a good day for teams that held leads. I'll tell you that yesterday. Uh, Michigan State, double-digit lead over UCLA. They lose by six in overtime, 86-80. Wichita State was leading Drake the whole game, outside of an early Drake run to start. Otherwise, it was – Drake had like four points literally in the first 15 minutes of this game. I, I kid you, it wasn't much more than that. I, I think it was honestly six. I'll give you the exact number. I mean, it was embarrassing. And then it was the key to the game. They got that lead down to one. They were actually leading Drake. And this is what I mean by setting basketball back uh, 50 years. They were leading Drake 5-2 to two on a three-pointer with 16-31 left to go first half. All right, not bad. They went 16-31. They went, they went, they went. They went, holy fudge, they went uh, nearly 10 minutes scoring one point. That's bad. <laughs> that is, they made a, a, a shot, a layup, to make it 5-2 to two with 16-31 left. Their next bucket, they got the one free throw. Missed the second. When I say 1652 or uh, 1631, their next bucket didn't come until 1635. Four seconds away from being 10 points or 10 minutes scoring one point. 10. Can you imagine that going 10? You know how many possessions that might, you know, I can count them up here, but. Uh, you know, I'm guessing that's a good 15, 20 possessions, not scoring. Wow. And they won the game. <laughs> that's the key. You know, if you're Wichita State, man, you talk about, uh, you know, I don't know who's kicking themselves more. You know, Michigan State blowing a double-digit lead, although that evaporated quickly, but still had a five-point lead, as we said, with a minute and a half left. Or Wichita State, if I told Wichita State, listen, you're going to hold Drake to six points in the first 14 minutes of the game. They're going to score one point in a 10-minute span of the first half. You'd be thrilled, right? What do you think uh, What do you think Wichita State was leading by at halftime? Knowing that Drake scored one stinking point in 10 minutes of play, six points in the first 14 uh, or 16 plus minutes, six, 16 and a half minutes, basically, of the first half. Split it down 15, 20, maybe not 20, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 in that area. 
It was a one-point game. One-point game. That's where ultimately Wichita State blew it. That's where they're going to be kicking themselves. They held a team to six points in 16 and a half minutes, and they still only led by one point at the half. Oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. You see it a thousand times, and I even said it during the broadcast. You know, they're hanging around, they're hanging around, they're hanging around. You know, it's almost impossible at any level to beat a good team start to finish. You get the ebb and flows, and we were just waiting for that ebb, if you will, for Drake, and it kicked in in the four, final four minutes of this game, and they win by one. Wow, tough loss for Wichita State. Bad beat for sure, though, on Drake, which won but didn't cover the two-point spread. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. Shot clock at five. Brody now. Got to pull one up. That's a tough shot. Oh, he hits it. A little turnaround mid-range. Oh. Big fella. The second free throw of the game is good. Money free throws from Joseph Yesifu. It's Jamel Murphy with a steal. Now Dennis takes it right back. Clock ticks to 10. Three-pointer on its oh, way. Dennis. Oh, Dexter Dennis. And Wichita State a chance at the final shot. They're down one. This is for the win. The Drake Bulldogs survive! Uh, TNT, or I, I guess actually it was what, True TV. They're on True TV and uh, TBS. Not sure, I forget which one that one was on, but the same company. Uh, with the call there, good call as uh, Wichita State, despite that... Uh, you know, horrible run there where they didn't really extend their lead over Drake, as we talked about before the break. I uh, had a chance to win it in the end as the Drake kid missed the front end of a one-and-one. And, one. and you know what? The, the kid had, I, you know, it, it's tough. There's only five sets. True TV was, okay. We'll, we'll play True TV and, and TBS both. Um, but the uh, the kid had, uh, um, you know, a couple of seconds where he could have driven to the basket. And these kids love these threes. And it wasn't like a three right at the line. And they were only down one. So they didn't even need a three anyway. You know, it's not like they needed a three to tie or even a three to win. The kid drives to the layup. Chances are pretty good he's going to get fouled. And, you know, it would have been close. But he probably did have time. Because by the time the ball left his hand and got to the rim, there was still a couple of ticks left on the clock. So, now listen, you're talking about a situation where, you know, you expect that kid to be able to look up and see the clock and, and think in his brain, okay, I got a couple of more steps here before the clock runs out. But he did. Now, let's put it that way. To make a long story short, he did have a chance to go further towards the basket. And again, knowing they are only down one, you had the defense on its heels like that. Yeah. i tell you what I would do. I, I know it's difficult because you want to be able to battle for the rebound, but... I'd have at least, at least three guys back in that situation. Drake's at the line, right? Wichita State hits a three. Drake, you know, both these teams got to be kicking themselves. I mean, Drake had the basketball up four with 10 seconds left, 
After a little scramble, they come away with the ball and they turn the ball over. Wichita State kid comes down, buries a three with five seconds left or six seconds left, we'll say, uh, to cut the lead to one when it looked like Drake up four and the ball game was over. So then they foul Drake, and then Drake goes to the free throw line. They miss the front end of one and one. The kid gets the rebound, dribbles down the court. In that situation, if I'm Drake, again, I know you want to have to battle for the rebound there with only five seconds left and let, let Wichita State maybe get the rebound but still have him take some time. But I'd rather have guys back. I, I, I'd rather – I don't need a Danny Ainge, you know, go the length of the court, Tyus Edney. No, I, I want my guys back playing defense, uh, especially only up one, knowing that the kid can drive to the bucket. So – they had a shot, did Wichita State, but they lose. And I'll tell you what, uh, this Brody kid for Drake, if I didn't know any better, he was Zion Williamson. Not so much how he plays, but he's a pretty good player. But he has got the identical body. I, as I turned the game on and watched it, you know, I, I did watch Drake a couple of times. They played Southern Illinois. They blew uh, my team out. Uh, and I don't, But I don't remember the kid. No big deal, right? Um He's got the same body structure, the same build, the same game. I mean, this guy, I don't know how good he can be in the NBA. I don't even know if he's an NBA player. But, I mean, if you said that was Zion Williamson in a Drake uniform, I would have said, okay. I mean, and he looked great, and he hit a jumper, big-time jumper. Uh, but they were down one, uh, or up there, they were up one with about uh, 20 or so seconds left, 25 seconds left. L little turnaround jumper hand in his face from about 15 feet out, nothing but that. That was a big-time shot, real big time for him. But you, you take that game film out and you watch this for a couple minutes, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. I mean, he just same exact design. So uh, Drake wins by one. They win, they don't cover. So that was the only favorite, and realistically, that they were an underdog at the beginning of the week. So you can make the case that all four underdogs uh, covered last night and, and actually won. UCLA slight dog, Michigan State, Norfolk State, three-and-a-half-point underdog against App State, Texas Southern, uh, you know, a couple-point underdog against Mount St. Mary's. So Texas Southern gets its 10th straight win. They were trailing by 10. So I mentioned before, if you had the lead last night, forget about it. Uh, Michigan State's leading by double digits. Wichita State's leading by double digits. Mount St. Mary's is leading by double digits. Norfolk State, App State, that was pretty close. And yet, oddly enough, that was the one that had the biggest margin of victory. App State with 0-18 in the first half from three. Most missed three-pointers by a college basketball team without making one this year. 0 for 18. Yikes. So, Norfolk State's reward is uh, they get to play Gonzaga. You know, it's funny. Watching the broadcast, everyone's like, well, Gonzaga, this is a pretty good team. Please. You know, they scored 50 points. They scored 60 points against App State. All right. All right. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, you know, App State, outside of their Sun Belt run, had lost, I think it was seven of eight down the stretch. They, they, they weren't any good, please. And, and Norfolk State struggled. You know, Norfolk State is not going to give Gonzaga a game, you know, maybe for five minutes, if that, uh, and probably not even that. That, that would be a good first half uh, bet to make. But. We're off and running with the college basketball, so how about that? Our games start today at noon Eastern time. First one up is a pretty good one. Virginia Tech in Florida at 12.15 Eastern time. Next one kicks in Colgate in Arkansas. I got to tell you, as we'll hear in our opposite picks later on, I love that Arkansas game. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. You know, this, you know what this is? This is a product of those goofy RPI, BPI, CPI, whatever the case may be, PI, uh, numbers. Because Colgate, don't ask me how, I, I don't know, 
But Colgate is ranked in the top 10 in both the net and RPI. Nine. Colgate. 13-1 and one Colgate out of the Patriot League is somehow or another in the top 10 in both RPI and net. That alone should force these committee members to throw out the RPI and net when considering who get, who's getting in. If they can have a formula that puts Colgate... They played Army four times. They played Boston University four times. They played Army and BU eight of their 14 games. And yet somehow or another, that team is supposed to hang today with the second best team in the SEC record-wise in Arkansas. 40 minutes of hell, Nolan Richardson, who I know is not there. I get it. But you know what I mean. Uh, you know, if Arkansas doesn't win this one by 20 points, I'd be shocked. I would really be shocked. I don't know what this love is for Colgate, but, you know, Topeka High could be 13-1 and one if they got to play Army four times and Boston U four times. I mean, they actually did lose to Army one time, but 7-1. and one. Seven of their 13 wins have come against those two teams, which are some of the worst in college basketball. So I, I don't know why... That line is what it is. Of course, I said that about Michigan State. I thought that should have been a bigger number, and it wasn't. And look what happened. But uh, you're telling me Arkansas, second best, not the middle of the pack, the second best team record-wise in the SEC is not going to blow out Colgate and the Patriot League. Uh, I I just, I I don't get it. Um, I, I, I don't know, you know. Boston University was seven and eleven. Army was twelve and nine. Not too bad, but still, twelve and nine. Seven and seven in conference play. Seven and seven facing the likes of Bucknell, Lehigh, Holy Cross, American, and uh, Loyola, Maryland. So and, and Navy, which actually was the best team in the conference, and they didn't get to play Navy this year. So I, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know, eight and a half. Not that big a number. I thought that would, would be like 15, 16. I mean, some of these numbers, boy, they just jump off the page and just they're begging you. Right? I mean, they are absolutely begging you to take you know, yeah. Arkansas. Colgate didn't get to play the best team in the conference in Navy. They beat Army. They lost to Army. Four against BU. Holy crap. They played four games against Holy This team played like five different teams all year. Literally. Army. BU, Holy Cross, Boston University, four teams in the regular season, and then Loyola, Maryland in the uh, the championship game. They played four teams all year, and then they got to play the worst team in the conference in the Patriot League championship game because uh, Loyola, Maryland made that great run. They're not hanging. Boy, I just it, – it almost looks too good to be true. It, it really does. That has just got – and it's only eight and a half. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, you know, by comparison, Illinois is 22 and a half over Drexel. Why not them? Why, why, why are they only eight and a half? Uh, that's your 115 game. Your three games going on. Actually, you could have four games going on at the same time. Uh, Florida, Virginia Tech is uh, 12, 15 Eastern time. Half hour later is Arkansas Colgate. Half hour later, Illinois Drexel. Half hour later, Utah State, Texas Tech. 
That's supposed to start at 145. So that first game, Virginia Tech and Florida at 115, will still be underway. So we got four games going on then. The next uh, round of games, if you will, are right around 3 o'clock. Oral Roberts, Ohio State, Hartford, Baylor, uh, Oregon State, Tennessee at 430. Georgia Tech, Loyola at 4 o'clock. So you'll have three games going on there as well. That's what makes the beauty of the you know, the first second rounds of the NCAA tournament. Uh, not only do you have one, two, three, but four four games going on. Uh, and your late game is uh, Winthrop and Villanova starting just before 10 o'clock Eastern time. So the games are underway. How about that? Cha-ching, cha-ching. So far, the favorites not doing too well. All right, we'll check out the NBA next. Big night and uh, our boy Russ back on the ice. Hop and pick here. It's exceptional for SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You know, that's. I think you taught me that best. You know, you just control what you can control um, and just continue to elevate your play. You know, and that's all me and Russ can do. Uh, and, you know, we just hope guys can follow up behind that. You know, we, we hold ourselves to high standards uh, on both ends of the floor. You know, and tonight we did that defensively. Last night we had some slippage. I wasn't guarding well. I was giving up some rebounds. Uh, you know, and we take pride in that, man. We hold each other accountable. Uh, and, and I'm definitely grateful for a teammate like that. So, you know, the sky's the limit for us, but we, we got a lot of room to grow. Uh, but it's an easy adjustment. He's a, he's a great guy to play with. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, that's Bradley Beal of the uh, Washington Wizards, who last night uh, took care of the Utah Jazz as Beal broke a dubious mark as he scored 43 points last night. Snap and they win, snapping a streak of 11 straight games. How weird is this? Scott Wetzel said again, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, seven straight, or excuse me, 11 straight games in which he scored 40 or more and they lost. How weird is that? You know, that uh, if you ever needed any more evidence on how bad Washington has been over the years, this guy has scored 40. Uh, or more points 11 straight times, and they're all losses. Well, not 11 straight, but, you know, 11 straight times that he has scored 40, they lost the game before last night. Amazing. Uh, you know, that team just stinks. He was talking about Russell Westbrook, teaming up with Russell Westbrook, and they really should be better than what they are when you consider they have two supposed all-stars on the team. You know, most teams don't even have one, let alone two. Well, really, to me, though, the story is what's going on with the Jazz? This team was 24 and 6. We were all over them, you know, played them numerous times. They had that great, what was it, 21 and 1 against the spread run. And you knew they weren't going to continue like that. But since that time, they had a home and home or two games anyway, back to back against the Jazz. And then they had the Lakers thrown in there. And they had one other good team, I think Milwaukee maybe, thrown in there. Uh, you know, so they're not losing to the lesser lights except for last night. Five and five, though, since then. Four and seven against the spread their last 11 after last night's loss. So, uh, 25, you know, 29 and 11 is, is nothing to sneeze about. I get that. But they had a chance to really put a stranglehold on the, their division. And, and, you know, maybe even the number one seed 
in the Western Conference, albeit a lot of time left. I get that. But the Clippers were resting everybody. You know, the Lakers with Anthony Davis being out. You know, you, you figure it was only a matter of time before LeBron would just wave the white flag if the Jazz could build like a five or six game lead. And instead of that, you know, they come out of the All-Star break laying an egg, and now their lead is down to two. And now LeBron and Phoenix and maybe even the Clippers to a lesser extent can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now you get Denver that's getting hot as well. They've won eight of their last ten. And all of a sudden, a conference that was just basically given to the Jazz on a silver platter is now, you know, if you didn't think the Jazz were capable of going to the NBA Finals as the number one seed, what do you think their uh, opportunities are as a number three, four, or maybe even five seed? Uh, and listen, as crazy as this sounds, I tell you, these races, say what you want on how they might not be that important. Just like in the East, the Jazz have a two-game lead over the Lakers and Suns in the loss column for the number one seed. They have a five-game lead, which is halfway decent, I get that, over the Clippers, Nuggets, Jailblazers, Spurs for the next four spots. So they could go from being the number one seed to the number seven seed in a blink of an eye. That's how close the Western Conference is. Uh, the East is even closer, but you know they got to keep the, the, the pedal to the metal, as the saying goes, if they want to win that conference. And I would think they would because, again, you could go from having the number one overall seed to, to maybe going literally – San Antonio has 16 losses, and the Jazz have 11. Now, I don't think they're going to fall that far down, but listen, you lose to the Washington Wizards, uh, you're you're more than capable of going off on a little four- or five-game losing streak and really getting everyone close to the pack. Uh, their schedule is pretty easy. They got Toronto, which is struggling tonight. They got Chicago on Monday. They take the weekend off. Uh, then they're home. They do have Brooklyn at home, but at least it's at home. Then they got Memphis a couple of times, Cleveland, Memphis again. But they got a three out of four game stretch in which they play Memphis three times. Friday, Saturday, Monday game against Cleveland, then the following Wednesday against Memphis again. Then Chicago, then Orlando. Well, I tell you what, the, this little stretch of games couldn't have come at a better time. Outside of that Brooklyn game, I mean, you're talking about the dredges, Toronto. Chicago, Memphis three times, Cleveland, Chicago again, Orlando, which has now lost, uh, what is it, nine in a row, eight in a row, nine in a row. So that they can, uh, you know, they can change things uh, clearly. But again, you lose to Washington. It's funny. They beat, uh, you know, Boston, but they, they lose to Washington. Go figure, right? Go figure. Elsewhere last night in the NBA, um, New York beat Orlando, 99-93, ninth straight loss for the Magic, although they're only 4-4-1 against the spread in this nine-game losing streak. But, um, you know, out the window the Magic go as far as to try to make the playoffs. Atlanta beat OKC, 116-93. I tell you, I don't know if these Hawk players just hated Lloyd Pierce or what, but they have yet to lose since Nate McMillan has taken over. 7-0 straight up, 5-1-1 against the spread, they're not only winning, but they're winning by double digits. You know, one by 23 last night. I don't know if it's the McMillan Magic or the Pierce that they hated him, but this is the Atlanta Hawks team that people thought might be there. You know, when they got John Collins and they figured Trey Young a year older, a year better. Um, 
I don't think they're ready to compete with the big boys in the uh, East, but, uh, you know, they're going to make the playoffs in a nice little run. Minnesota surprised everyone last night, beat Phoenix 123-119. This is the team, you know, much like Atlanta, that people were hoping for. Anthony Edwards, career high 42. Cat had 41. You know, when you think the ideal teacups game, you know, the future of Minnesota, uh, this is what you want, right? You want Carl uh, Anthony Towns to go off. You want Anthony Edwards, number one overall pick, to go off. And, uh, you know, you have yourself a nice one-two punch for Minnesota. And that's what they did last night. They've actually won three of five since the All-Star break. And they've covered four of those. Um, you know, anytime they win, you know they're going to cover the spread. But they're 4-1 they're and against the, the spread as well in those five games. So at 19 years old and 20, uh, 225 days old, by the way, Edwards became the third youngest player in NBA history to score 40 points. All those records are all getting obliviated. You know, anything pertaining to points, <coughs> it, they're all going out the window. So I'm not really impressed with any of that stuff. But Minnesota, though, winning 3-5 of five since the break, that's not bad. Actually, that's pretty darn good. Hockey last night, you know, I gave out a winner with, with Boston. So I'm not that disappointed. But there was a, you know, every once in a while, you, you, you know, this NCAA tournament, we all love it. But uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's got our focus all kind of screwed up. There was an easy, easy winner. We had, there should have been three automatic plays last night. Brian Rust, shots on goal. He only ended up with two. Scored a goal. I thought we were going to get a miracle finish, guys. I really did. He only had one. He scored a goal with five seconds left to give him his second shot on goal. And I said, oh, how great would this be? How great would this be if, and I knew he'd be on the ice, you know, with the Sidney Crosby line. Down one, three, two. How great would it be if he actually got a shot on goal in the final seconds and give him three for the game? Oh, that would be, you talk about taking... Uh, you know, uh, turning a loser into a winner, getting two shots on goal in the final 10 seconds. Oh, that would be phenomenal, right? So he scores the goal with five seconds left, uh, and he, he didn't get a shot on goal. Um, so he only ends up with two. He's now gone one in three his last four games, shots on goal, two and a half. Um, with two of those, he didn't have any. One he had four, and then two last night. So I'd be a little... Little careful because you're laying odds with him, so we don't want to give all our winnings back on him. You know, maybe scale back a little bit if he were doubling down or tripling down because he was on that great, great run. So maybe we better scale back a little bit. But that was an obvious play. Boston beating Buffalo. I know we had to, you know, hedge that a little bit because Buffalo fired their head coach, and I hate going against the first game head coach's fired system. But Buffalo's now lost 13 in a row. They are a train wreck. They are just absolutely atrocious. Uh, 13 in a row, 17 of 19. Uh, all but two of those have come in regulation. And as I told you before, with FanDuel and all these other sites, you can lower that line. Like the Bruins last night were minus 295 on the road. Think about that. You know, the Bruins are struggling. The game's in Buffalo. And they were still nearly 3-1. to one. What are the lines going to be on FanDuel when Buffalo is on the road against a good team? If they're 3-1 to one dogs at home against a struggling team, albeit a good team, but a struggling team, what are they going to be on the road against the Bruins uh, or the, the Flyers or the Islanders who are red hot? 
I don't, you know, baseball, I've seen four to one. I don't know if I've ever seen a four to one line in the NHL outside of in-game live stuff, but just, you know, before the game. I, I don't know. We we will probably see it. Um, you know, their schedule, you know, we looked at the Rockets schedule. We're trying to figure out, you know, when they were going to be a 20 plus point underdog. We pinpointed a couple of games. Let me check the, uh, just out of curiosity's sake. And there is one more automatic play we should have got to last night, which I'll get to here in a second. They have coming up, Boston again at home. Oh, here we go. Here we go. After the Bruins tomorrow, they play at the Rangers. Not too, too bad. Back-to-back at Pittsburgh, then at Boston, and then two at home against Philadelphia. They lose tomorrow night, and they headed to New York with a 14-game losing streak. And then they lose that one, and they headed to Pittsburgh back-to-back on a 15-game losing streak. And what would that be, 20 out of 22? They would probably be four to one underdogs. They probably would be. Wow, that that might be the highest NHL regular season line I've ever seen. <laughs> this team is just awful. And again, they're losing these games in regulation, and they're losing these games. Either you want to do it in regulation, which drops at about a hundred points, or you can lay a goal and a half, which drops at about a hundred points. I'd rather win in regulation. You know, there's a chance, you know, three to one, they get a goal late and, and your team only loses by one goal that you, you screw up playing a goal and a half. They're not losing. You know, no team is thinking they, they want to go to overtime against Buffalo. It's it's not happening. So I'd rather, given my choice, I'd rather, uh, I wish you could lay a goal and a half and win in regulation and lower that thing down to, you know, about pickup. That would be ideal. Here's the play we missed on with it in the NHL last night. Philadelphia. Now I know they scored late and they won four to three. Was that an overtime game? But uh, no regulation. But Philadelphia was coming off a nine nothing beatdown by the Rangers the other day. No team, no team with any pride whatsoever is not going to bounce back from that. I mean, you get shellac nine nothing. That that's like seventy to nothing in a football game. Man, we should have been on the Flyers last night. They only won by one, four to three. But you know, they were a slight dog. You don't lose nine zip without being bouncing back and coming out strong. That was an easy winner. We should have been on last night. Fudge. Opposite pick. Sports Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Let's check out our poll question for the day. Uh, Let's first uh, go back to yesterday's poll question. NCAA tournament started yesterday. So uh, what do you look forward to more? NCAA tournament, Super Bowl, NBA, and or NHL finals, or the proverbial other? Uh, Decent number of votes there. NCAA tournament and a Super Bowl getting exactly. This is really weird for having as many votes as we got. uh, Exactly 41.2% for both. NBA and other got exactly 8.8%. I, I, that is definitely a little weird. Um, maybe a precursor to what happened last night in the, in the NCAA. 
All right, our poll popcorn question of the day today. How many number one seeds will make the final four? Nice and easy. We don't uh, make things complicated here. I put uh, none slash one, two, three, uh, or all four. Uh, early on, I just posted a little while ago, we got uh, two getting 50% of the votes, three getting 36%, uh, none and one getting 11, and uh, all four getting uh, 3.5% of the vote. I did see on one of the sites that it's like 22 to 1 for all four to make the final four, which, you know, it, it doesn't happen often. Uh, but, you know, I, I tell you what, no one's beating Gonzaga. I don't think anyone's beaten. And by the way, the, the road to the final four for the Zags got that much easier. We'll discuss that on the other side of the break. Um, I, you know, I think uh, Baylor has a pretty easy run uh, outside of Ohio State in the Elite Eight. I think, you know, there's just not that many good teams this year. I think Illinois has a halfway decent run. If Houston is their best competition, I think they're okay. Michigan, Alabama would be the one. But you know what? If you got it down to that final team at 22 to 1, that's when you do your, your hedging. All right. And you don't have to hedge with Zags. Uh, you might not have to hedge with Baylor. Maybe a little bit with, with Illinois. It, it's the Michigan one that we got to worry about uh, without Livers playing. But at 22 to 1, I'll take my chances. Well, why not for a couple of shekels? 10 bucks get you $222. Cha-ching, cha-ching. All right, one hour to books, full hour to go. We'll break it all down. NBA, NHL, some NFL notes as well. Scott Wetzel, Office Pick Series, except for the